Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Monday, October 3rd, 2022. I'm Mike Kachopoli. Hey, how's everyone doing? How was your weekend? Did you have a good weekend? I think the weekend went really fast. And look at us now. We're in October. It's the first show of October. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. I can't believe we're in the last quarter of this year already. How quickly 2022 has gone, how how fast it's gone. It's just amazing. Did you guys do any uh, interesting things this weekend? Any big plans? Did you have any parties? Anyway, I didn't do anything. If you'd like to know, I spent another weekend basically on the computer watching television, watching the news. That's about it. Well, it was actually a really really action-packed weekend. I mean, a lot happened this weekend. Uh, there's a lot going on. There really, there really is a lot, a lot going on. Um, I think that the Democrats continue to. Well, you know what? They've always been the racist party. They really have. They've always been the racist party, and they really, really proved that over this past weekend. Whether it's someone as high up as the Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris. Or whether it's way down low, low in the totem pole, someone like Joy Reid of MSNBC, the Democrats really have shown how racist they are. That race is always on their mind. Race is always on their mind. Everything's about race, or everything should be about race. It's only just if society is all about race to them. So if you want to start with Kamala Harris, actually, I just saw another clip of Kamala Harris on Tucker Carlson, where she said that the uh, hurricane relief in Florida should be based basically on equity. Now, that's the that's the left wing word for race, equity. So basically what she's saying is the black people should get all the money. The black people should get the, 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 the relief first and it should be doled out based on race. Now, Kamala Harris is such a fucking moron. First of all, of course, that's incredibly racist and disgusting and unconstitutional and illegal. But there are tons, tons of poor white people. So why does Kamala Harris, when she thinks of poverty, think of race, think of black people? Why right away, when she thinks of the people with the least amount of money, why does she think about black people? Why she think about minorities? When there are tons of poor white people, especially in the South and in Florida, tons of poor white people. I'm a poor white person. But she doesn't think like this. She doesn't. Everything is about race. Everything. And not only is everything about, not only is it disgusting to say that money, that hurricane relief should be doled out based on race, but to think that's, when you're thinking poor, when Kamala Harris thinks poor, she thinks black. That's racist. And it's wrong. It's just not right. It's just not reality. There were so many poor white people that were affected by this storm. So many. In fact, the areas it hit probably affected white people more than black people. Unlike Katrina, which affected black people more than white people. But this this hurricane hit the west coast of Florida. It's in really wealthy and well-to-do beach communities. And it affected a lot of white people also who are on the lower rung 
of the economic ladder in those, commu- in those nice beach communities. So it affected everybody. And whether you're wealthy, whether you're white, whether you're black, or whether you're poor, or whether it shouldn't matter. Those who were affected should get the relief, period. It should be doled out based on who got hit the hardest. How about that? Who got hit the hardest? Who got the most damage? Who needs it the most right now? That's how it should be doled out, Kamala. But the Democrats love being racist. It's just everything's about race. So basically, about the same time Kamala says this, Joy Reid, the race huckster on MSNBC, everything's about race to her. Everything's about race to Joy Reid. A to Z, everything's about race. There's been a lot of looting, Arda. Unfortunately, we saw that with Katrina, right? They showed the videos, right, of the people in the water looting stores. We saw many videos of Katrina of looting. And so that happens after a disaster. There are scumbag people out there who do these horrible things. And there's a lot of looting in Florida after the hurricane. Okay? So Ron DeSantis came out and said, you know, you have to stop the looting. And remember, we are in a Second Amendment state. Meaning you loot the wrong person, you rob the wrong person's store, the wrong person's house, and they happen to be there, you get what you deserve. Be careful. So Joy Reid immediately, immediately. Now, all Ron DeSantis said was, don't loot. If you loot, you might get shot. Okay, you might rob the wrong person. Stop looting. It's bad to loot. Take advantage of people in this situation. That's what Ron DeSantis said. A very sane statement, as all of Ron DeSantis' statements are very sane. So what happens is whenever Ron, if Ron DeSantis said uh, stop at a red light, the left would go, light should be legal. Green should mean stop. Green should, same thing with Trump. They have now DeSantis derangement syndrome, DDS, not to be mixed up with doctor of dental surgery. They have DeSantis derangement syndrome, where everything he says, they got to jump on it right away, pick it apart and do the opposite. So he says this sane statement of please don't loot. If you loot, you might get hurt or killed. So Joy Reid takes that as a racist statement, comparing him to some Southern cracker who was a racist who went around shooting. I don't know who the fuck she was talking about, to tell you the truth, because not everything's about race to me. I don't think about race all the time. But she automatically said he was racist. Now, why? Why, when Joy Reid thinks of looting, does she immediately think of black people? Ron DeSantis never said anything about the color of people. Never said that black people are looting. You better watch out, you black looters. He never said that. But why does Joy Reid, when DeSantis says looting, automatically assume he means black people? Because in her head, she's a fucking racist. Joy Reid's a racist. She thinks looters are blacks. She thinks her people are criminals. You see, this is the left racism. Of course, they use it as virtue signaling. They twist it into virtue signaling. But the left are the most racist people around in this whole world, not this country, this whole world. Everything's about race. So Kamala Harris, when she thinks of poor Florida, she thinks of they're all black. Automatically, she thinks poor equals black. Okay? This is a black woman who's vice president. A black woman who makes millions of dollars on MSNBC automatically assumes looting means black. So he was talking about black people because she is a racist. She is an inherent racist and she sells racism. That's why she's a race huckster. She sells racism. It's how she gets her ratings. 
She sells race. Just like MSNBC and CNN sell race constantly for ratings. But what is going on in these people's minds that everything has to be about race? Everything is about race. Every single thing is about race to the left, no matter what it is. But in their heads, understand the way their minds work. When someone talks about the poor, the left automatically believes they're talking about blacks. When someone talks about looting and criminals, the left automatically says they're talking about blacks. Not the right, the left. Because they are racist. They are elitist scum. They are the elites. They are the elite class. They are the elitist class. And all they really care about is pressing that race button. Pressing that race button that matters to them. And of course... When you have Florida, by the way, you know, it's, you don't want anyone to die. You really don't want anyone to die. But of course, in a, in a, in a natural disaster, especially one of the worst hurricanes in a long time, it's going to happen in heavily populated areas in the state of 21 million people. But if you look at the, the power of this hurricane and the population it hit, I mean, it's amazing there haven't been more deaths. Now, of course, the left will never give Ron DeSantis credit for that, for being on top of this, out in front of it. The left had no problem at all going after Bush and others who were not out in front of Katrina, right? When they were not out in front of Katrina, they had no problem criticizing them. But here you have someone who's out in front of the storm, gave all the adults... In the line, the path of hurricane, the right information to do what they would, whether they want to evacuate or not, so on and so forth. And it looks like the results are going to be much better than expected for this kind of a storm. But of course, they'll give him no credit. They'll try to pick little parts, such as that asshole CNN reporter who said, do you have any problem with the Lee County not evacuating until the day before? And DeSantis very wisely, as he's always so wise and always able to come back quickly with things and throw it back in the face of the left-wing media. And he said, well, where was CNN two days ago? Were you in Lee County? No, you were in Tampa. Because just like everyone else, including the the meteorologists, they thought it was not going to hit Lee County, that there was no reason for Lee County to evacuate. So the counties that the scientists said the storm was going to hit, they evacuated, and the other counties didn't. You just don't evacuate a whole state. Plus those those mandatory evacuate. The left loves mandatory stuff that doesn't work. Like you must wear a mask. You must get the vaccine. When you say you must leave your house, people are more inclined to say, go fuck yourself. When you say, you know what? We advise you. It's up to you. They're more likely to leave. Okay. That's called like basic psychology 101. So these mandatory evacuations don't work anyway. We've seen them many times where there are mandatory, quote unquote, mandatory evacuations. And there's no, no one gets forced out of the house. But we've seen people say, no, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. A lot of people don't want to leave their homes. It's tough for the elites to understand that when you have seven homes. I'll just go to the next one, the next date. I'll fly to Europe. And the, no, see, most people don't want to leave everything they have 
And many people don't have the money to go anywhere else. They don't have the money to pay Joe Biden's $10 a gallon for gas. They don't have the money to go to a hotel for $300 a night. They don't have the money to do that. So they have to stay home. But the elites don't get that. They think you can just tell people, tell people you must leave your house. Tell people you must wear a mask. Tell people you must get a mandatory, med- a mandatory medical procedure. Because the elites say so. And on top of their racism, we've seen the hypocrisy of the left, such as Joe Biden thanking the, uh, the coast, of course, they call him the Coasties, the Coasties. He wants, he wants to sound like an in guy. He's part of the in crowd. So he says the Coasties. He's doing a great job in Florida, which they have. And yet these same Coasties that he is congratulating, many of them will lose their job if they don't get the vaccine by the end of the year because of his federal mandatory vaccine. policy. So the same people he says are heroes, he's going to make them jobless. And as they have said, very rightly so, the people they were rescuing, do you think if they asked the people they were rescuing, if they wanted to be rescued from someone who's not unvaccinated, they would say, no, I'd rather drown and die? Well, of course not. This guy is such a fucking idiot, Biden. He's such an old, demented, fucking crank fool. He really is. Think about this for a second. What's in the healthiest people in the fucking country? A lot healthier than him. Some of the healthiest people in the world are these coasties, this Coast Guard, young and healthy. Yet you tell them they have to get a vaccine, which doesn't stop the spread we've known for a year and a fucking half, doesn't stop the spread of a cold, and you're going to fire them, you old fucking fool? You demented old creep. How can anyone how, how can anyone approve of this old fuck? Seriously. I've had enough of him. I've had enough of him and his party. I've had enough of him and his fascist authoritarian party. Who, if you don't do what they say, they punish you. We're going to punish you for not doing as we say. As we live, you must live or you're punished. Fuck off. But how was your weekend? Actually, there was a positive thing happened this weekend. A very positive thing happened this weekend. And that's the movie Bros Bombed Out. The movie Bros totally bombed out. I think it made $4 million. <clears throat> and uh, uh, Billy Eichner, the star and writer, uh, the insufferable uh, Billy Eichner, said he blames, listen to this now, he blames the lack of box office on straight people not seeing the film. So basically, he blames homophobia. Now, maybe Billy Eichner's forgetting uh, a film like Brokeback Mountain that made hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars worldwide and won awards, the Oscars and awards all over the place. And that was what, uh, 17 years ago in 2005. So uh, people weren't homophobes then, but they're homophobes now. So we have more homophobia now when it comes to films than 20 years ago. Is that right, Billy? Is that what you're trying to say? Look. 
This is not homophobia. This is shitty movie phobia. That's what this is. The movie, the marketing of this film sucked. The marketing of the film made it look like uh, some gay comedy that was made like in 1998. Totally stereotypical and dumb. So maybe that's what killed it. Or maybe the fact that Billy Eichner said he didn't want any Trump supporters to see it. He didn't want Trump supporters, even if they were gay, to see it because they're traitors. So you, he told 75 million people at the outset not to, not to see his movie. Maybe that's why it bombed, you jerk. Ostracizing half the country, maybe that's why your film fucking bombed, you moron. But you see, these liberals, these nutty leftists, they never blame themselves. They never blame their shitty product or the, the stupid things they say and do. They always want to blame somebody else for their own failures. They're losers, and they want to blame others because they are losers. And we see this with every issue. Every fucking issue, we see the same thing. Whether it's COVID or whether it's immigration or whether it's climate or heat waves or climate, they want to blame everyone else but themselves. High gas prices, inflation, they want to blame everyone else but themselves. They want to blame the unvaccinated. Who are they? They want to blame the unvaccinated with COVID. They want to blame Putin with high gas prices. They want to blame homophobia, straight people with a movie not doing well. They never blame themselves. Always blaming other people. Not taking the responsibility for their own failures. This is a constant theme with the left. Daniel, what's up? Okay, here's why bros failed. Um, they have no audience. The um, who who um, when it comes to men, what, what percentage of men like romantic comedies? I mean, the, the last good romantic comedy that men wanted to see was Django and Chains. Um, <laughs> Is that a, that's a romantic comedy? <laughs> Is that right? Okay. You're supposed to simply laugh at that, Mike. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> the romantic comedy, Jack. Of course, yes. of course, it was a romantic comedy. Django is out there. He's looking for his wife. You know that the, the soul, soul into slavery. They were split up, and you know he's delivering great punchlines like the D is silent. You know, and yeah, it was a romantic comedy all the way for guys, at least anyway. Sure. Sure. Yeah, so, so 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 guys guys don't dig romantic comedies. Um, speaking speaking seriously for a moment here, the the last romantic comedy that that I actually appreciated it was more of a romantic comedy drama was uh, Silver Linings Playbook, um, and, and I can't think of any other romantic comedy that I would ever have paid anything to go see. So so you're immediately limiting um, eliminating a huge part of the audience, um, males in general, whether they are. Gays or straights. I don't think males in general, gay or straight, like romantic comedies. So, boom, you've eliminated basically men from uh, from your demographic that's going to see this movie. Okay, so now you make a movie about a gay romantic comedy. What woman is going to identify with the characters? The, the, the audience that loves romantic comedies, women, who are they going to identify with in, in this in the in the plot of this movie? Nobody. 
they're not going to go see a movie that they don't identify with anybody. But, I mean, it's, it's just the, the, the fact that they, that they thought they had a demographic at all that is not going to want to see this movie, despite whether it was good or not, is just, is just mind-blowing. The, the movie sucked, and, and they, they miscalculated their demographic. Well, yeah, of course they miscalculated the demographic. I mean, but, but also the whole idea of, you know, if you, it's so stupid. It's like, well, if I make a movie about, uh, let's see, if I make a movie, a black hero, a black hero of some kind, whether a superhero or an actual person in, you know, in, in history, and it doesn't do well. I don't say it didn't do well because of white people, because of racism. Some films do well, some don't. It might just not have been marketed the right way. It might not be a good movie. There are a million different reasons. It comes out the wrong time of year. People don't go to movies as much. There are a million fucking reasons. But to come up with, you know, it's homophobia, it's straight people, especially, especially. I mean, that's dumb regardless. But especially after you are have said, this is what he said. This is the, here. here. This is exactly what he said. Co-writer and star Billy Eichner has expressed that he does not want conservatives, especially those that voted for the for Trump and their so and their associates to see the film, even conservatives who identify as being gay, as he views them as traitors. So, okay, so you're basically he basically just told a hundred million people at least, a third of the country at least, don't don't see don't bother seeing my film. So when you eliminate a third of your audience, what the fuck do you expect? Yeah, they, they made a film for nobody, and on top of it, told everybody, that, half the, the country, that they didn't want to see it, as if they needed to be told that. Um, and uh, yeah, you make a, make a great film with, with who, regardless of uh, who the leading role is in, in, in our favorite uh, romantic comedy, Django Unchained, who was the leading role, boom, that, that, that film killed. I mean, great film. Um, killed, uh, literally, yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, I, I don't think. Yeah, I know Django Unchained did well. Malcolm X, Spike Lee's Malcolm X did very well. I don't, but I don't think. I remember. I mean, Malcolm Spike Lee's made several movies that have not done well. I remember him once coming out and saying, "It's because of white people not seeing this film that my film did." Well, what kind of what a mor- what kind of a moron would say that? I mean, seriously, a racist. But I'm just someone who doesn't want to take responsibility for her own failure. You see, yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah. blame somebody else. They're another group. Blame yeah. a group. Blame a, blame a person. And that's what the left always does. They blame a group, the unvaccinated. They blame a group, the homophobic, the homophobes. They blame a person, Putin. They never want to blame themselves, ever. Yeah. Um, I want to backtrack a little bit to what you were talking about earlier. And that is um, talking about uh, the poor and the um, misrepresentation of who the poor, poor are mm-hmm. in, in this country. Um, approximately uh, twice as many uh, whites, there are approximately twice as many poor whites in this country than there are poor blacks. Absolutely. And, um, and, and it's, this, this talk about white privilege is really caused me a lot of concern when it comes to racism in general in this country, because there is some racism in this country. And the reason it causes me a lot of concern is that if you are telling, if our media in its many forms are telling poor white people that they have white privilege, what do you think that is going to do 
with respect to racism? Do you think it's going to increase racism amongst poor whites or decrease it? Hmm. It's a good question. Well, look, it's, it's going to increase it. If you if you start telling people that they are racist and they are the reason that black people do not have have, have the privileges that white people are, and this person is poor and white, he's going to say, what the fuck? You tell me I have to, you know, give the limited resources I have that I have, and then somehow this has to be uh, channeled to people of different race when I'm just as damn poor as they are. You're going to be creating a lot of racists, and they are going to. It's going to be a never-ending font of racism, never-ending fountain of racists, because of the sheer numbers. There are twice as many poor people that are white than there are black. Every time you tell a poor white person that they are racist you're creating a new racist. Well, yeah, I mean, that's absolutely true. That That's absolutely true. But the, the, the fact of the matter is these issues, these facts like we talk about with, you know, like you said, there are more poor whites than poor blacks and so on and so forth. Um, is, is, is the numbers and the evidence doesn't matter. Once again, as, as we've mentioned the word narrative many times, this is the narrative. This is simply the narrative that, when you when they think of poor, they think of black. Just like Joy Reid, when she thinks of looting, she thinks of blacks. I mean, that's like talk about a Freudian slip. Ron DeSantis never mentioned any races whatsoever. He just said looters, and automatically Joy Reid assumed he was talking about black because to her, looting, criminality, or blacks, and she's a black woman, so she is a total, total racist. That's in a horrible. If a if a if a white male said that, forget about it. Forget about it if a white male said that. But she says this so she can get away with it. This is the whole thing of like, if I'm black, I can get away with racist statements. If I'm a woman, I can get away with sexist statements. That's not the way it works. The fact of the matter is, whether it's Kamala Harris or Joy Reid, they continue to show this pattern of racism. I mean, this is left wing racism is what it is. They have absolutely no ground to stand on when it comes to this stuff. And when it comes to Kamala Harris, I mean, this this is the only thing, as much as I despise Biden, this is the only thing that really keeps it's, it's that great insurance policy he has. Because if she ever became president of the United States, oh, what a world of shit we would be in. Even worse than now, believe it or not. I mean, what she talks about is not unconstitutional to dole out funds and help and assistance based on equity, but it's totally illegal. Illegal, unconstitutional. This is the this is the vice president saying this. It's frightening stuff. It, it is frightening. I you know I can't think of a vice president or president that was of lower intelligence than Kamala Harris. This woman says some of the when when she can get words out at all that mean anything. I mean she's word salad queen. Um, when she gets anything out of her mouth that has any meaning whatsoever, it turns out to just be stupid. Uh, I have never heard her say anything that, that shows to me, that indicates to me that beneath her politician facade, she's got a brain, that she's got some degree of intellect. It, it is just, I, really, I just, I mean, what did we have? We had Dan Quayle that was touted as being an idiot. Dan Quayle is a fucking Rhodes Scholar compared <laughs> yeah. to Kamala yeah, Harris. I remember when everyone was saying he was such a moron, but compared to what we have now, oh boy. 
I mean, it's just she's she was the worst possible choice for Biden to make. And, you know, it's you're probably right. They made the worst possible choice as an insurance policy. Um, Kamala Harris has no chance in hell of, of ever being president. Um, and she and people just Biden. Biden's not going to run in, in 2024. He just is not going to make it cognitively. He's going to be shot within months. It's just not going to happen. So they're going to they're going to be starting for, from uh, from from scratch and, and, and looking for for a new candidate that is going to be weighted down with all the horrors that I'm sure this candidate, whoever he's going to be, um, promoted um, with respect to COVID. And uh, and yeah, it's going to be really 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 tough to get elected in 2024 because like the Iraq War, where it took. It had 80% of people initially being for it, um, so easily misled our public is. And uh, by the time we're two years into it, it was, the numbers were flipped. And uh, that 80% realized that they'd been scammed and um, and the war was all for naught. Um, and that's going to be the same thing with respect to COVID, only, to use a tired phrase, on steroids because so many people got hurt by these policies, disrupted our economy grotesquely, and we haven't even seen near the end of that, um, disrupted our children's educations grotesquely, disrupted employment grotesquely, uh, changed people's relationship with their physicians grotesquely, changed people's relationships with pretty much every institution of this country grotesquely. This, this is something that is going to have ripples through the fabric of our society for decades. It's going to change us. It's it's already, uh, um, psychologists are already reporting significant changes in the big five personality characteristics, which is our um, characteristics that have been studied for decades by psychologists because they're very stable in general across generations. But they've detected big changes in the mean big five characteristics um, because of COVID, before and after COVID. That is something really, really unusual. This is having dramatic effects on people's psychological state. This is not, I'm pointing this out just to say, people aren't going to forget this. More and more, they will recognize over the next couple of years before 2024 rolls around, tying this back into politics, they are going to recognize how much damage was done by the left. And I'm glad that you're calling them the left now rather than liberals because <laughs> they're illiberals, as, as we've stated. They I have nothing that, to do with liberals. Yeah, I, I go back and forth on Democrats, liberals, leftists. I know. But, you know, it's, it's a, are they, even, I mean, I can even make the argument that they're not even the left. Are they really the left anymore? You know, they're in a weird spot where they're neither left nor right. They're simply illiberal authoritarians that are, are they're, they're really, I just don't see on the classic political left-right spectrum, I simply do not see where Democrats presently fit. Um, and like, like I mentioned before, I voted Democrat for 44 of my voting years. I thought I understand who we were as Democrats and who we were as liberals. We aren't that as Democrats and liberals anymore. That's not what we are, at least not in the Democratic Party. That's not what a liberal is anymore. Um, what we thought it was previously. So I have no idea, really. All I know is that they don't fit on this political spectrum anymore. They're something, it, it's a new animal. 
and it's a very angry animal. And as my father, a veterinarian, would say, an angry or an angry animal, or sorry, a frightened animal is a dangerous animal. Um, he would always caution us that you know don't don't think that because of an animal that is that that because they're afraid of you that you are in control of the situation. You aren't. Those those animals will bite you quicker quicker than you can wink an eye because they're afraid. Um, and, and that's what we have. We have a fearful bunch of Democrats, fearful that they're losing control. The Supreme Court is going to be issuing all kinds of rulings over the next few years that are going to show them how much they've lost control. And they are fearful of that loss of control. And they are turning into, and we've already seen this with COVID, they're turning into those frightened animals that my father warned me about. And they may be, they may be looking like they um, they have their tails between their legs and, and that we have the upper hand and that there may be a, a, um, a turn in, in at least the house, um, but they're frightened and that makes them dangerous. And I, I have, whether we take that, that, whether Republicans, I shouldn't say we because I'm neither Republican or Democrat, whether Republicans take, take the uh, house or not, um, these frightened animals are still going to be out there and they're still going to be causing lots and lots of turmoil in this country. Absolutely. Oh, and, absolutely. I, and I'm not, I'm not using the an, the word animal as some sort of pejorative to refer to these people. I'm using it analogously with, with respect to what my father um, has, has always taught, taught his children early on um, as a veterinarian uh, about how to, but the psychology of, of animals and, um, and I'm using it in that sense. Yeah, well, it's absolutely. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there really isn't. I mean, when you look at the current state of things, you have basically the, this amazing projection from the left where they constantly talk about the, the fear. Oh, the country's in danger because of the far right. But it's not. It's in danger because of the radical left. These radical leftists are the ones, these extreme radical leftists who were not part of the Democratic Party, if you go back 20, 25 years, they had no influence anyway. They were underground, have now come above ground and blossomed into basically running the party, running the Democratic Party, running the left. And they're, 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 they have no values, they have no morals, they have no ethics, and they're basically all about this incredible virtue signaling, wokeism, cancel culture crap that put makes them feel superior to everyone else. That's what it is. This really it makes it makes it makes low scummy people feel superior to everyone else. I mean it's real simple psychology there, I know, but I think that's the truth of the matter. And that's part of what virtue signaling is. And everything being based on on this ridiculous idea of that this country continues to be incredibly incredibly racist and is inherently racist. Instead of telling the truth, which is that through time, things change. There have been racist people here. There have been racist citizens. There have been racist politicians. Absolutely. But this overall, I guess, overwhelming theme of that it's the racist who, who, who have such power and control over everyone in this country is, of course, total bullshit. And they only can talk about this because they have nothing else of value to talk about. So they have to make shit up, basically. They got to make shit up. They got to make up narratives, you know. It's like a bad writer, in a way, you know, um, who has nothing really important to write about and has just to make up 
stupid narratives that don't really mean anything. And that's basically what the left is all about these days. They are not about anything of value. They're not about anything important. There's not, not nothing that you and I think about at night or wake up in the morning think about. They don't care about those things. They do not. Yeah, they're that fearful animal that is just snap, snap, snapping. And um, they're not sure what they're even snapping at. They're just afraid. And, and they're causing lots of destruction because of their fear. And we, we've seen, we saw that fear in COVID. Some of it um, was, was real fear generated out of ignorance and neuroses. And some of it was fear generated from political motivations. And um, we saw it. We we're seeing this fear that's coming from uh, the left. And it's, it's, it's palpable. And when you bring up, and I'll go to Iggy in a second. Iggy's sitting there, I think. Yes. Um, hey, Iggy. <laughs> when, you, when you bring up, um, you know, when you bring this up to the left wingers, to Democrats, and you say, so what is this, what is this far right extremism that we have to worry about? Daniel, what, what's the only thing they know to say? January 6th. That's all they know to say. Yeah, one, a bunch of yahoos. A few hundred people in, in one costume. day is yeah. their idea of the right wing extremism that's taking over this country. It's total insanity. Instead of this wokeism and this cancel culture and shit, everything's about we have, we have to deal with on a daily basis every single day. They won't shut up about it. Yeah, we we have an FBI FBI that is going to Facebook and telling them to suppress the Hunter Biden yeah, story, which they knew was totally true. Yeah, um, that's probably one of the biggest assaults that we've had on our democracy, and it came from our own yeah. government. And yeah. wh what did they go on and on about? A bunch of yahoos that that were in the Capitol building wearing Viking horns. I mean, Jesus yeah, censorship Christ. on social media. I wish it was one day. I wish we could point to one day where this all happened, but it happens every day. Every single day for the yeah. last yeah, for the last three years plus. It's incredible. Daniel, thanks for the call. I appreciate sure. it. Okay. Let's uh, go to Iggy. Iggy, how are you? Hey Mike, how you doing? I'm good. You? Good. Hey Daniel, I uh, nice to hear you. I, I agree with I, I missed the beginning, right? But I've just been catching up and um th this is part of why i was chucking stuff in the in the next because i didn't want to i'm very conscious actually that um people and myself i'm a cr criminal at this is just ramble on in a very loose form on this of this app and i, I thought I'd, if i put notes down it'd help so very professional you're taking um there's there's something else that's going on here as well daniel's point about how covid has changed our mental or, well aspects of our personality but it's it's much more profound than that in the sense of like the things that how, about how tech and our interaction with information and then ultimately our interactions with ourselves is really radically changing people. I mean, we've now got a gen, at least one and a half, two generations of people who've never grew who grew up only with the Internet. Right. And only with social media. Mm -hmm. And what the, what do they do in terms of how do they treat information and how do they communicate with each other and, and you know an example of this is this known phenomena of polarizing binary thought which is kind of like the like dislike um share mentality on social media and um tristan harris and daniel schmachtenberger talk about this on their joe rogan podcast robert epstein has done a load of research to, into the internet to show how powerful the manipulation of big tech is in delivering your personalized search results, you know, manipulating you during an election time for the Hillary Clinton and um, 
Trump era election, right? I mean, mm-hmm. when you listen to their stuff, you just go, holy shit. I mean, I'm reasonably savvy, but I'm not that savvy. Right. right. And, and you read, listen to this stuff and, ho- and think, holy shit. Now, when, when I, to, to, to bring it back to your original point, is like this thing about racism. What I've found on calling, and I obviously see a lot of, is that people use labels like left, right, Democrat, Republican, that's a very binary thing. Yep. The, re- the reality of human politics is actually much more nuanced when you get down to asking a guy, hey, how do you feel about this, right? It's never that straightforward. But if you then go around saying at the highest level, um, okay, let's just pick black rights, and you, you, you're arguing black rights, and somebody else is arguing women's rights, and somebody else is arguing men's, trans, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Notice how there is literally no one who is literally just campaigning for equal rights. Okay, why is that? Mm-hmm. Because that's the simplest, purest form of what every single one of these fractious groups wants. I want equality, right. I want race, gender, mm-hmm. uh, status to mean nothing when it comes to accessing a job, housing, and just the justice system. So why do we need to talk about black, white, female male right you don't you just go equal rights okay that's it and you could actually enshrine that in law instantly if you really wanted to and then you just drag society to that equal bar and you just stop talking about about the the race or gender element as long as it keeps going towards that bar right but we keep hammering down this is a black thing i mean and, and we and we or this is a white thing and we even pervert it don't we because I think Daniel's alluded to the point that if you get into the stats of like, okay, well, what's the black-white split here? It's people who get shot in America. Uh, My understanding is, I could be wrong, there are as many people who get shot by cops who are white or non-black as there are who are black. It's like, why the fuck aren't we talking about everyone getting shot by cops? Well, because this is the argument I have made from basically my whole adult life. Which is that, but once again, this does not play into their narrative, which sells. Racism sells. Let's face it, it sells. Yeah. And so this doesn't play into their narrative. The whole dynamic between like the cops and the rest of us, the cops and civilians, is not a racist dynamic. It's a power dynamic. They have the power of the shield, the power of the rest, the power of the gun. So the cops who take advantage of that are, are, are taking advantage over others. It's a very sadistic thing. I don't. Are there racist cops? Of course there are. There are racist people who hate cops. You know, <laughs> there, there are blacks who hate white cops. There are whites who hate black cops. Come on, there's a lot of racism out there. But this whole this whole dynamic between the cops and people, whenever there's some kind of a shooting or some kind of an event where there's police brutality or overreach, it's always about race. But it's not about race. It's about the power dynamic. Hmm. Who has power? Who doesn't? Believe me. Believe me. If a cop is on that kind of a power kick... He is going to use that on a on a white person or a black person, whoever happens to be there. You yeah, know, and then the interesting thing about that is how is is not just what say the cop did, right? Just say, for example, in one case, a cop, a white cop, shot a black guy, right? That's mm-hmm. the first layer of that problem, isn't it? Right. The second layer of the problem is how people take the evidence and publicize it. And then politicize it for publicize politicize the publicization of it, right? right? So suddenly you start peddling a narrative that's a white guy shooting a black cop, that's a black issue, black white on black violence in the police, police racism, right? That's the th- second layer. The third layer is whether anyone goes along and says, actually, let's just open this up and find out is this a race issue? And then they they don't do that, do they? They don't actually do that. 
No, they because don't say, no, but it's the, just cops shooting people. Right, but Iggy, like, a big part of this, the media is the one who perpetrates this narrative because when there's an incident where a white cop shoots a black person, that becomes a nation, that becomes a story. That becomes yeah. a nationwide story. And it's racially focused. Right. We're not hearing about the stories where there are, let's say, maybe the opposite, where there's a black cop who kills a white person or mm. simply a white cop who kills a white person. Or yeah, exactly. we don't we don't those stories or are not just, talked. They yeah. they happen every day. We just don't hear about them because the media doesn't care to promote those stories. That's yeah, all because they are running on a they are running on a, an editorial agenda. Absolutely. Like, you know, one way or another. Right. And it doesn't matter whether it's black, white, female, right. male. It's just they're running an, agenda, an editorial agenda. You've got to ask yourself, where does that editorial agenda come from? Who is really behind it? It's not the editor. It's, it's, it's somebody else, isn't it? It's, it's the money behind the editor. It's the right. And like I said at the beginning of the show, when Ron DeSantis says in Florida, stop the looting, the looting might get you shot because we're in a Second Amendment state. And then yeah. someone like Joy Reid, who sells race, everything is about race, says... He was that's a racist thing to say, comparing him to the racist yeah. politicians of the Deep South in the 50s and 60s. What we're seeing is, once again, everything is about race. But the idea the, the, that reflects that default, that when someone talks about poverty, mm-hmm. someone like Kamala Harris automatically thinks about racism, yeah. blacks. Yeah. Right? When someone talks about looting, Joy Reid automatically thinks about blacks. Even the Ron yeah. DeSantis never mentioned race. That shows who is truly the racist? Who's truly always thinking about race? But also, it's the self—it's the um, self-perpetuation of an advocate, right, or or a, or a virtue signaler. So once you attack, create a raison d'être, an identity on an issue, you don't want that issue to ever be resolved, because then you suddenly lost your raison d'être. So if you become the race campaigner and you start getting on podcasts and making some money and writing books and shit. What happens when equal rights is fully established? You've got nowhere to go. You've got that's the end of your existence, isn't it? You've got to now go and make another issue, right? So it's and it's the same with COVID. I'd argue that a lot of the pro, uh, the anti-COVID, anti sort of vaccine, the, the, the justifiable ones, all the sensible ones, in a way, a lot of those people have now got their books and all these other things, and they're on this bandwagon and they're trying to re-engineer um, society on the back of how bad COVID is, but not all of them are good actors. They're actually just creating a secondary ecosystem so that they can carve out a new existence for themselves. And it's the same with many issues. The real the real campaigners, the real value people are the ones who get to the heart of the issue, like say, is this race or is this equal rights? Let's just campaign for equal rights. And when I get equal rights, my job is done. They are the people that are real. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, but once again, this is just, they do this all the time. And obviously it's often done. This is why when, when you make everything about race and then there are race riots or something happens like the summer of 2020, and then you, you try to step back and say, oh, that's not our fault. Well, of course it is. Of course it's the fault of the politicians and the people in the media who make everything about race. They are the ones who start the fires. So they start these fires. And then who do they blame? The right wing, right? They start mm-hmm. the fires. The left wing starts these fires, these blow up. They go, oh, all these right wing racists have made this happen. It's a it's, This is a never ending game they play. You know, it's truly a never ending game they play. And at some point, at some point, we have to we have to stand up to them. You know, at some point we do it. I mean, Ron DeSantis, he's not going to react to Joy Reid, of course, and he shouldn't. 
Go ahead. Doesn't, go ahead. Yes, doesn't go ahead. Kyle, I mean, look, I've got, I'm neutral about the absolute judgment of the Kyle Rittenhouse case. You know, I'm very yeah. skeptical about just pinning my colours to a mast on something, right? But one thing that that shows me is exactly what you're talking about. The politicisation, the falsehoods and the labelling and narrowing down of that issue right at the beginning to swing public sympathy. I mean, look at the look at the media. They literally called him a murdering, racist, white supremacist, um, schoolhouse deranged shooter. There were you know, loads of people on the media and a lot of those people who were saying that were black. Now, when it got into the court case and they showed the unadulterated FBI video of exactly what was going on and his exact behavior and the exact point that the shots were fired and the shit that had happened to him. Now, ignoring the, the arguments you could have about exactly how did he get there in the first place, right? But once it got into the sequence of self-defense, None of what was seen by the court matched any of the media politicized right. narrative. Zero, right? zero, yeah. And, and yet they, they, they have no liability whatsoever. They can just lie. Well, no, they have liability. He's, he's won a lot of money. He's going to win more money. Yeah. I hope that he can achieve something on purely on the pure legal grounds of, of misrepresentation because oh, that so. will be worthwhile because they have clearly misrepresented that position. And that's, that sums up kind of in a way that's evidence of what you're talking about, you know, isn't it really? That, mm. that issue is not a race issue, but it's been made one. Yes. Yes. It's been, it's been made an issue, you know, and, 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 you know, basically, you know, I, I think the problem remains that there are just so many people who reflectively, like I say, want to make everything about look that look the Kyle Rittenhouse thing in particular was the left the left totally spazzed out. Think about that. That's a gun thing, spazzed and they raced it. Right? They made a gun the thing. thing. They made a gun thing and a race thing when it was really neither. Right. Yeah. We're really neither. We have a guy there who is, you know, defending himself from a bunch of nut jobs. And believe you, all those people who tried to attack him all had criminal backgrounds. The only one yeah. that didn't was Kyle Rittenhouse. was an absolute pedophile. Right. Yeah. One was a pedophile. One had been in jail for this day. One had, you know, five other convicted. The million. These people were not good people. And they were obviously trying to attack and kill him. And they would have loved to have killed him. And, so they, and they did himself. attack him first, didn't they? They right. beat him with a skateboard, right? They right. Tr they threatened him with weapons before he'd adopted a, a defensive or threatening weapon position himself as he was running right. away from them. It's right. fucking, in I'm sorry, it's insane, right? It and is. But the thing is as well, though, what you're getting at here is that is that when that event occurred, the people who started to become a commentators, whether that's politicians with an agenda or whether that's media with an agenda, mm -hmm. they are political opportunists looking right. to spin that event, right? Right. And so they make so they make it gun rights to to, to, to right gun, gun control and, and racism. So they make sure. it race Absolutely. to hammer that down. And and basically actually as soon as you make some make somebody's case about race, you already prejudice the um the jury, essentially, yeah. right? So you actually increase the chances of him being banged up if his, if the evidence is a little bit ambiguous. It's it's disgusting, really, but, but it's so obvious as well. It's so clearly obvious sometimes. And, and it's and it's it's ruled by mob mentality. It really is. It's ruled by he never should have been charged for anything. Just the the whole mob mentality, the whole mob rule is what got that prosecution. He got that as far as a court case. Never should have gotten. Never should have gone there. No yeah, prosecutor worth shit should have prosecuted the guy when you know the when you know the facts of the case. Yeah, in in a way, the Rittenhouse thing, it, even though it, even though its genesis and its use is terrible, because it went the way it did, and because it forced into a, into the light, the, even the prosecutor's argument was insane. 
it yeah. brought those things out and it showed you the method and it shows you this gives you this reference point to prove to people look here is how the state and the media collude to frame these things falsely this is a tech example of their technique and now you have that as a reference point whereas if it hadn't come out that way or if the case had not been so clear-cut you wouldn't have that reference point if you see what i mean so it does have a real use and a value that he won but the fact of the matter is when when that happened what you have basically are a bunch of left-wing news editors right with a an agenda who saw that case and right away said oh this is a winner for us we've got we've mm. got first of all the race thing is totally ridiculous they're all white that's absolutely insane mm. that they tried to squeeze racism out of that but also of course the gun control thing right oh look at this young kid he shouldn't have a gun young guy under 18 shouldn't have a gun of course you know, the whole ridiculousness thing of a cross of cross state lines that was so idiotic you know so it's uh it, it's just they have the agenda and they're gonna they're going to promote that agenda and that's just it and and that's the way it is but they always we always have to call them out you know we always have to have to call them out now the new york times is writing a story about um about the the, the film bros bombing and that mm. oh you know homophobia could, we have to look into this we have to have a conversation a con they love that word the conversation that homophobia may have caused this film to not do well i mean it's absolutely mm. insane what has happened to these top publications like the New York Times, I'm sure the London Times as well, right? I don't read the London Times. I'm guessing they're mostly left-wing garbage. And uh, like, the Washington what, Post, you know, it's, times, these, are, right these aren't wing, news. But... This isn't, yeah, this isn't news anymore. It's propaganda. Mm. Yeah. But also, I think that we live in a false information paradigm, right? We don't live in truly diverse information, mainstream diversity, right? We live in a very managed information ecosystem that still tries to get people in general into roughly the same place whilst arguing pointless minutiae with each other that is a form of divide and conquer. Because if you really said, mm. what's the most common thing that I've got with anybody? It's food, energy, education, housing, right? <laughs> And you don't really need to make that a left or right thing. You can just say, well, we're fucked on food, we're fucked on energy, we're fucked on housing, and we're fucked on education. It doesn't matter who <laughs> right. you are. Right. right. And, 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 and basically, but we, they don't want us to agree with, with each other on that, so they split it up on, on sub-minutiae levels, right? And they start making it about something else, or they start distracting you. And this is why, this is why I'm afraid. Actually, I know this sounds a bit strange. Calling shows me something, right? I mean, in myself as well as in other people. We're all poorly educated. We're all poorly educated at spotting these techniques. So people descend into kind of really time-wasting minutiae, right? arguing a toss with each other about something that doesn't matter, or trying to argue really big concepts that they can't change. And you're thinking, no, 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 you're not going to get political outcomes if you can't if you don't know how to get them and you don't know the techniques being used against you. It's a very difficult problem to solve on an on a local level uh, you know you need you need some kind of leadership some kind of social civil leadership that just doesn't exist at the moment and you know whether that's the new martin luther king or god knows who else it'll have to be a consortium of mixed race people won't it but we well and you know what the, the people i usually go to and you can only find these pieces this is once again how, how racist the left is you could if you want to try to find black conservatives out there Right. Well, look, Biden, Biden showed his racism when he said that comment of you. If you don't vote for me, you ain't black. I mean, how, how blatantly racist is a comment like that? And what was the reality of Obama? 
or Kamala Harris. I think that Obama was noted as having had under his reign more black people were jailed than than before, right? And I think, or, or was that Kamala Harris? Kamala Harris, no, Kamala was, Harris, state governor. Yeah, she Kamala Harris banged up more, more black people than any other governor before, and from very minor things like you know marijuana possession and weed and all that nonsense, and wanted to make. Well, parents of black parents of kids uh, put them in jail. You know, if, if I, that whole idea of you know to punish the parent if, they, if the kid if the kid mm. commits a crime. So she was in, in total. Look, once again, it's so sad that someone like this had to ascend to the vice presidency. Okay, for anyone for us to really see what a moron she is and how far she's made it being this moron, how yeah. vapid she is, how how. How dumb! Just truly, I can't put it in any more kind of intellectual terminology. But she's a dumb person. Yeah. And look how far she's made it, based on what? Based on identity politics. But is okay. So this is a double-edged sword, though, because in one way, if you're an individual who's sensitive enough, you can look at Kamala Harris, come to the conclusion you and I do, and go, "Christ, that's a statement of us." Because we are the citizens who technically have, have tolerated it, accepted it, and put her into these positions. Right? Send it, send it, make her right? send it. Yes, so yes, yes, shameful yes. on us, right? But at the same time, it also goes cuts the other way, and you go, "Oh my Christ!" If people are dumb enough to accept this, society is over, right? It's very scary either direction. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, but the fact matters. I, I think. The one good thing is because she had because she has made it, she should not have made it this far. But the good thing is that she's made it this far. This has really exposed her. And even Democrats who didn't know much about her beforehand, but just simply liked her because of her race and her gender. Now they're seeing what she is. Mm. And I think that's a very positive thing. I mean, I, I I'd say I'd say with some uh, cautious optimism that she can't go any further. Than where she is right now. I, I just I don't want to take too much of your time, or if you want to bring something else in, I don't know. I haven't <laughs> my phone, but um, if you if you now look at the pitiful state of of um, um, UK politics, you may have noticed that Liz Truss, our third female prime minister, is in is in now. Right within a week mm-hmm. of pretty much getting in, she rolls out this budget that says I'm going to cut the top rate of tax from forty five p, and 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 it'll just be forty p. Right. And they also have done this other stupid thing about um, fuel, um, fuel um, redist- money redistribution, right? Which is arguably different, right? Anyway, as a result of this bullshit policy, obviously the UK has gone into meltdown, right? Mm-hmm. And then she was on the TV saying, uh, saying in the most pathetic level, um, I, I have to take these difficult decisions. Uh, we're definitely sticking with this. It's it's tough, you know. It's tough, but it'll get us through. But a few days later, that narrative changes to um, what did she say? She said, she said, obviously interest rates are going to have to rise. I mean, she's telling us stuff that any sensible person already knew was happening two years ago. And then she says, she was asked, do you commit to this uh, tax rate right uh, tax rate cut? And she goes, yes. And then she's asked. Did the whole cabinet talk about it? And she goes, no, it was a decision just taken by the chancellor, like just taken by the finance minister. So she immediately started to cut him out, right? And say it's all his fault, but she'd committed to it. Now, literally 24 hours after she committed to it, they did a massive U-turn and they're now all walking away from this tax cut. Right? That's what I was, that was, what I was hearing. They're gonna, they've, they've shelved yeah. it. 
yeah. So, and when you when you watch her speak or when you watch video of her walking around, she is scared shitless. She's unqualified. She's un- incapable of doing a job. She's a hand puppet, right? Being pushed around. And then, and then when she speaks, you're just going, oh my God, you have not got technical competence here. You're literally reading, you're memorizing talking points and you're struggling to get them out. That's the state of affairs, open state of affairs in Britain now. And, and that's competence, right? And, yeah. And so basically when you have no competence like that, it's an indictment of your people because your people are tolerating it and your people are actually voting for these fuckers at some point, right? So what, what's the what's the take? I, I know about her. So I want to ask you, what is the take? And I'll talk about this later in the week. What is the take on that the the the, the new uh, leader of Germany? Of course, over here, the leftists are, are calling her fascist simply because oh, she talks Italy. She, you mean uh, Italy? I'm sorry, not Germany. Italy. Yeah, people are tra- yeah. right. The, the the channels I'm looking at, people are trying to fathom it out, right? Because they're looking at her, going, "Is she a bit right? Is she a bit fascist? Is she going to rebel?" But the real question is, where's her money come from, right? Where is what is her what has her policy interaction been so far, and who who does she owe cash to or personally? And nobody's really revealed that yet that I've seen. I haven't looked too hard because I'm kind of becoming so cynical. I don't spend too much time. I just go that it's fucked anyway, right? But um, that's the real question. It's not about whether she's a woman. It's not about what she used to say. Not about what she says now. It's about cash and vote and prior voting policy, right? Right. And that's it the only way you can judge her so i reckon i reckon personally what's going to happen you're going to find that italy's general finances are so knackered that she can't really change much of significance right so what she can do though is just run around being quite theatrical in and that's why she can say i believe in the family believe in traditional values i believe in this right which which gets energizes people on the on, and they breathe a theatrical sigh of relief thank god we're getting rid of this woke is bullshit great okay so she can do that but w- when it comes down to really making critical financial decisions or differences for people's life mm-hmm. she i reckon her entire government will be shown in two three four years to be like everyone else yep. just have the theatrical layer that looks slightly different to the last theatrical layer of shit interesting huh I mean, I, I, from what I've seen of her, she, she makes, she, you know, she makes sense. You know, she, she talks about being against this walkism. She also talks about being against the, uh, from what I've seen, I could be wrong, but she, she's talking about very much being against this idea of, you know, of, of, of big tech and big tech and corporate America censorship and, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, big corporate, big corporate rule, big corporate, mm-hmm. not America, big corporate rule. Um, and, and, you know, you know, so I, I, I mean, a lot of things that she talks about, I, I agree with, I just, you know, I, I see the problem with people here with the left is that if anyone speaks out and this, this goes for Trump, mm. if you have someone who speaks out, like if someone's slightly from the outside, a slightly outsider, sli- slight bit outside, now, look, I don't know, I don't know how much of an outsider she is. I know Trump was an outsider when it comes to politics. We're certainly not an outsider when it comes to having big connections and you know and being connected to a lot of wealthy people and having a lot of money. But so to say Trump is like this huge outsider is is ridiculous. But just a little bit, a little hint of being outside the beltway and also speaking in a very strong, you know, very strong, blatant tone, they automatically call them fascists. You know, I speak my mind and I speak it in a yeah. very, very direct way. All of a sudden they're a fascist. It has nothing to do with policies. Nothing to do with anything other than 
they're, they're something incredibly superficial. And that's what I see going on with her too. They say, "Oh, she screams, she screams, she's nasty, she it's it's ridiculous." Mm. It, it's such it's such a superficial view of people. And I believe that yeah. that goes for Trump. Once again, I don't know enough about her. The the few speeches I've seen from her, I I don't because I don't say anything fascist about her at all. Well, but she just speaks in a actually, very strong tone, but she's very sure of herself. Yeah, there's there's been quite a bit of conversation happening in rooms on calling actually, because I've been sort of playing around with the app of getting involved in what's going on on here, and quite a lot of people have come on the, come touched on this topic, right? And here's here's something to bear in mind: when people use the word fascism, they never define it ever, right? And so when you get people to define it, what they all seem to miss most of them seem to miss is the Mussolini definition of fascism, which is actually pretty much the fundamental definition because he pretty much started it. It is the blending of state and corporate power into essentially one entity within that becomes this crypto uh, corporate power over the people. Right? Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, we, we have lived in fascism or a flavor of it my entire lifetime because that yeah. is how Britain and America works. And in fact, that's how most countries work. And Noam Chomsky said, you know, he, he um, I mean, I'm not allying to him, I'm just saying what he said. If you look at political language, the word democracy means, you know, to average people, one person, one vote, representation, blah, blah, blah. To, to In political language, a democracy is any nation where business sets the rules. And that actually stands up. That definition does stand up. You look around and go, well, no, business lobby is the strongest here, 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 here. They're all labeled democracies. Citizens get fucked. Basically, so you know what we think we mean is often not what reality is, and we just don't define our terms properly. Well, it, it, that's very true. And, and and look, most of the left don't know it. You know, another word they don't understand. Most people don't understand this word treason. Everyone's a tra- <laughs> Everyone's everyone should be convicted of treason. Trump is treasonous. This is treason. Yeah. He's tre- No, that's not treason. If you look up the actual definition of treason, is committing acts against your own country on enemy soil during a war. Okay, so. There's nothing that you, first of all, no one can be convicted of treason now. Exactly. No even, even, even Edward, Edward Snowden didn't commit well, treason. He did what he did whilst he was, you know, essentially. But, but to the happened. left, but to a lot of people, you know, this idea of fascism and treason, what it really means is, to tell you the truth, it's people who they don't like, right? Yes. It's yes. people who they don't like are all fascists and treasonous. The, yeah, the, exactly. the, they don't have to have any, there's no real actions they can point to, right? There's no real actions they can point to. I can point to action when I when I call someone like Fauci, Fauci you know, you know, Fauci, uh, fascist Fauci. It's I can yeah. point to things. I can actually point to his absolute desire to control a population, to control people, to have control over people. Okay, regardless of facts or science or evidence, his desire to have total power and influence over people, and the way that has destroyed lives. It has actually destroyed lives over the last two and a half years. has been a negative outcome. So I can call Fauci a fascist. I believe he is. Other mm. people might not. Doesn't believe he's a hero or whatever. I think he's a fascist. But I do have facts and evidence that I can point to to say why I use that word. But people just throw out these ridiculous words. Everyone's a fascist. They speak loudly. They're a fascist. They tweet, they tweet meanly. It's fascism. To, to tweet mm. meanly is fascism. People believe this stuff. You know, it's 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 ridiculous. It truly is. It it true. Oh, he made a they made an anti-establishment speech. That's that's you know treason. It's ridiculous. You know, it's exactly. absolutely ridiculous. Political discourse is treason. What? 
Yeah, you 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 disagree with me. You're 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 a fascist. You, you you should be convicted of treason. But the left is starting to really believe this, and in some areas, get, they have power to actually, as we've seen, to punish people. Yeah, I'll give you a very quick example of a very small-minded kind of setup, right? On call-in, some random person set up a room um, that they, they, they put themselves out there as like somebody who's into social, cultural, psychological stuff, right? But they're obviously clearly amateur. They set up a room entitled Gender and Social Change. So I went and had a listen because I was genuinely interested in it, right? There was they, they were talking they sort of espoused some positions somebody started talking they started talking about gender related issues and started reading from a textbook i thought okay this is great and there's a there's a woman who was who was running it with a host who sounded like a drunk guy right he'd sounded a bit drunk but they were the hosts right so so when it came to my turn i literally did this all this is literally all i did and it was for a completely sound reason i just simply said i'm just curious on the topic of the room take a movement like say feminism or it could be male rights or it could be you know another group rights group but let's just say ask feminism it's valid for all of them right are feminists all egalitarians that's all i asked okay Mm. now obviously if you think about that Mm. right it it depends on your definition of of feminism doesn't it right but if you type in feminism into the dictionary right you will literally get a movement that is geared towards equality of the sexes so essentially, the answer is yes, you are all, all technically egalitarians, if that's really what your point of feminism is. Now, just by asking that question, she went on and took over three or four minutes to say, it depends upon what people define as feminism. And not all the feminisms use the same definition, so they could be doing anything, right? right. Which is insane. That, that shows you that, that people's sense of identity for purpose and definition is insane, right? Then, because I'd asked that question, this guy, right, literally just, just went, what are you asking that for? He took offense because he, he got confused by the question. So he starts attacking me on the basis of my uh, accent. And he just goes, your accent is fake, like this. <laughs> Do you, do you realize that you're essentially getting into a situation in a room called gender and social change? You're getting yourself into a situation where you're basically attacking me on a semi-racist basis. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's that's like... how clever some people are. No, I can, tell, like, oh I can tell God, a fake, no hope. A fake British accent when I do it. I, I, I can tell your accent's real. <laughs> I can tell it's very consistent. There's no inconsistencies in it. It's incredibly real. And you have a great British accent. You know, I have a problem. I was thinking about it. as an American. I was at a, I was at a ball game recently, and two guys sitting behind me were both from. I believe they were. I think they were from London. And I, for some reason, and this is an American thing, or maybe it's just a Micah Chopley thing. I have sometimes trouble uh, telling difference between uh, British and Australian. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, for you, you probably think it's stupid, right? You can tell me it's stupid. No. No, Look, well, there, there are a lot of people in this country, who, there are a lot of people who, in your country, I should say, who get mixed up between a Boston accent and a New York accent. And Canadian yeah. and American as well. And Canadian and American too. And, and actually, there are foreigners who think, that, who can't tell the difference between a New York, Boston accent and Australian. You see, because mm. I think we all have that kind of drawl thing. It's like a drawl thing. And I think that sometimes, though we draw out words, I think that, ka, you know, orange juice. I think that can confuse a lot of people who aren't from those areas. I had people in Canada when I lived there for two years who thought I was Australian. And I said, Australian? What are you talking about? No, no. I can see why, actually. Yeah, yeah because my accent to them, it just has that, it has the same kind of cadence, I guess, that the Australian mm-hmm. accent has. 
so I, I have that, and I forget about, you know, telling the difference between Welsh and Scottish. I, I can't. I, you know, I just, you know, I know you can, but I have trouble, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's just nuance, isn't it? I, I, to be yeah. honest, Kiwis, like, I know this is embarrassing to say, but um, I, my mother's um, non-English, right? So, so I'm very sensitive to people with strong accents. So I'm quite good at being right. able to listen to people speaking English with a very strong accent, right, and, and parsing it and, and, and interpolating as well when their English isn't that great because that's what I've grown up with, right? But of all the people in the world that I've ever met that have known a little bit who I couldn't understand effectively was a Kiwi who was speaking English with a really strong Kiwi accent really fast. Yeah. And there were times when I was looking at her going, I don't actually know what you just said. But I felt so ashamed because she was <laughs> speaking English and she was a Kiwi. Well, I was a little, almost too ashamed Kiwi. to say, sorry, Jules, I just, I didn't get that. What was, what? Well, I was I, in so, the first... so there were moments where, and she was, she was quite hot, right? Kind of, I, was, I must have come across a complete idiot because I once or twice answered her in a completely wrong way. <laughs> I misunderstood her. Isn't or the best thing to do I just, is I just, I just kind of went, yeah, 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 yeah. But the first thing, I, the first time I went to London, I was sitting in the hotel lobby and some guy sat down next to me, totally bombed out of his mind. And he was Scottish and I didn't know one fucking word. Not only Scottish with a thick accent, but totally drunk. I was just, all I did the whole time was smile and laugh. That's it. Yeah. Usually, but that works in general with a drunk person. You just smile and laugh. You know, I didn't know one word that came out of his mouth. And he was speaking English. Mm. You know, Scots but, accents, particularly very strong Glaswegians and stuff. Oh. really can be incredibly hard to understand when you add booze to that it gets even worse yeah I know. yeah yeah but exactly exactly you know. Bad about that. you know but you know i could but i can tell your your accent is real you're, you're a real brit you know this whole idea it's so stupid people sometimes they get so childish and they have no mm. they have no retort and they come up with the stupidest things don't they yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, this really, is, but this is the problem right and and i'm no different we are not experts in anything right mostly and so when you start sort of getting exposed and you put yourself out there, right, you're going to get hammered and you're not going to be able to hold your own for that long, for that far, right? And it's all the question of whether you've got the humility to understand that at the beginning and you're careful about where you put yourself, right, or you do some work to bring yourself up to speed before you expose yourself and then how you react. And these people, not only did they not know what the fuck they were talking about, but they also re reacted terribly as well. And it's like... They got they got sidetracked by the key key argument, are you for equal rights? And they they couldn't deal with it. And that's and that's just that's you're thinking, Jesus, you think you're clever, but you haven't asked yourself this one fundamental question. Now take that and put it into the big race issue, the big gender issue, the big rights issue, the big gun issue, whatever, and take that thinking into any of those arenas, and you know. 30 40 50 percent of people are not intellectually capable of getting a balanced solution in law and in politics to fit the majority acceptably and that's where that's why we have political leadership but if those political leaders are twats mm -hmm. then you basically end up where we are today don't you <laughs> which is sad absolutely there's no there's, there's no doubt about it but i think you know i think eventually i think we'll see hopefully in this election here in five weeks that people are tired of this. And, and the left, the other thing that, that really gets me about the left is that they act surprised when people get tired of what we're going through, which is the, you know, the wokeism or the cancel culture or the increasingly, you know, the crime here, the immigration problems that they, 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 they act shocked. They act shocked when they vote against the party in power 
where all this is happening, whether it's on a federal level, immigration, or on, on you know, the city levels with crime. It, it, that, that always, that's what it made. Then people get shocked that people decide they want to, other people to run things. You know, and and that's and it's amazing. It's it's really and then and then they I know my, my democratic friends often then react to me and go, Oh, the right wing is taking over, the right wing is taking over. Well, look, people when they're sold a false bill of goods, right? When they're told by people that we're gonna make when they're told by a president that I'm mm. gonna be the uniter, when they're told by a mayor or a governor, I'm gonna lower crime's gonna go away, I'm gonna get rid of homelessness, I'm gonna get rid of crime, I'm gonna be tough and then they don't do that stuff. What do they expect people to do? Mm. What do they expect people to do? People are going to make a change because they're tired of this. They're tired of this wokeness. They're tired of cancel culture. They're tired of not being able to go out in the street. I don't know what London's like now, but most American cities run by Democrats are a disaster with the homeless and the crime. And people are afraid to, they're afraid to go out at night. They're afraid to keep their businesses open late. So when this happens, people are going to like rebel. They're going to want to make a change. And the people on the left seem to always be stunned by it. And I don't get that. I really don't. Yeah, no, I think I think Britain, the problem with, for me with Britain in the representation of our politics is it's actually not as adversarial as yours, right? So you, you can have really polarising people calling each other out, right? We don't get that. We get this real um, amalgamation of noise and you have to really, on the main, mainstream transmission like TV, you don't get really... Ex, ex, uh, shocking voices right but um so you don't so so people are actually being herded into one position and what you've now got politically is the left and the right are exactly the same Keir Starmer is is the same as all of the Tory leadership right there is no difference whatsoever if you yeah. understand who Keir Starmer is he is a Sir Keir Starmer so he's a knight of the realm that makes him an establishment he was a director of public prosecutions who when Assange was being hounded there's um he essentially was involved in persecuting Assange mm. he even had a meeting in a jet with uh, Obama or something at the time in that era and he's refused to answer questions on it and he's also he is also a member of the trilateral commission do you know who they are um no remind me world imagine an alternative to the world economic forum it's that but nobody knows about them and you literally i know this sounds ridiculous right you go on the Trilateral uh, Commission's website and you can literally download a membership list. Okay, mm. and he was into it just prior to and during his stint as um, leader, he was a fully paid up member of the Trilateral Commission on that list. And now the list has said he's no longer he's no longer a serving member of the of the club. Right. But he was. And the question is this. He, he is the only British MP that was in that list when I found it. Right. Well, only one it's like why is the left leader a but in 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 a, a membership list of a bunch of open corporatists what, what's going on there and why right. is nobody talking about that right? right so so we so we lose because we don't have uh people shouting in keir starmer's face saying Amazing. why are you doing this and we need more of that in a way it doesn't matter right. what they're shouting about almost you just need people to be able to sort of like break the break the rules a little bit um, and at least you have that to some extent but um, we don't really have that yeah. uh, Iggy thanks for the call I'm going to start to wrap it. I appreciate it thanks Cheers, thanks mate. so much um, okay well tomorrow I just wanted a little uh, preview what I want to talk about a little bit about tomorrow um, I don't know if you've heard about this it happened in Vermont there was a, a, a biological boy changing he had a penis changing in the uh, in the in the in the female locker room the girls locker room
and they were disturbed by it. And so they went to the school. They, 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 they uh, voiced their displeasure of this biological boy with a penis changing next to them in locker rooms. And what, what, did, the school in, what did the school in Vermont do? They scolded the girls and they put the girls like in this crazy, like they put them like in a, in a bathroom where they all had to change in one stall and it took them forever, each of them. And they gave the biological boy the locker room, the changing room. So they punished these girls because they were upset. They felt uncomfortable with this biological boy in transition changing next to them. I mean, this is absolutely ass backwards that they were scolded for this. But this shows where we are in this country. What happened to women's rights? What happened to girls' rights and female rights? What happened to all that? Is that out the window now? Because there's a new group that trumps that, if you will. We'll talk more about this tomorrow, but this really makes me fucking mad. Once again, the left will be just totally dismayed and distraught, not understanding why. They're going to get destroyed in five weeks. But we'll talk more about that tomorrow. I want to thank Daniel. I want to thank Iggy. And uh, this is, uh, you know, uh, our Monday show. Remember, every night this week, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. For those of you on the other side of the pond, 7 a.m., that's when the show will start. It's called And Let's Be Heard. My name is Mike Chopley. And remember, always remember, vote Democrats out of office. Get them out. Vote them out now. Have a good night. Have a good day. See you tomorrow.